Oh, g'day. Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Town. Wider out some of these runs are going now from the back, including uh, wider out Frankel Star and Brungle King, and so too Farouk. They've caught a few of these napping. Clever Man's been shuffled back to last. It's Farouk and Brungle King inside the 400. From Frankel Star and Scenic Host, Clever Man is now picking up the bit and chasing, but it's Farouk on the outside of Brungle King. They sprint into the stretch. They're clear. Frankel Star, Clever Man, and Scenic Host. Big Farouk, he hasn't won for a long time, but he's charging away here to win the Narracourt Cup. Look at him go. Big Farouk won it easily in the end from Brungle King. Scenic host third over Clever Man in a photo. An eight-year-old by the name of Farouk winning there in South Australia at Narracourt. Let's uh, welcome Tony Clements and Rob Luck to Bushbeat. Always think of that character in the castle. Tony, Farouk, different spelling, however. Good morning. <laughs> it's almost like uh, Tick Tick or Tuk Tuk or whatever his name was in the uh, the TV commercials a while back. You're right, Steve. Hello to you and good morning, everyone. Welcome to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab, rounding up the country news. And we're keeping an eye on these two series running through South Australia, the Limestone Cup Series on the weekend at Heat 4, the Narracourt Cup. And as Brett Davis said in the call, Farouk hasn't run for a while. In fact, his last win, if I'm reading his record right, was back in May of 2021 when he won the Cassidon Cup. Funnily enough, Jacob Opperman was on him that day as well for Sue Murphy. And yes, uh, he and Neil Farley on Brungle Raider caught the rest of the field hopping and were able to win by some uh, three and a bit lengths there in the Limestone Cup on the weekend. That was the fourth heat of that series. As I said, we're keeping a, a bit of a watch on that and the Bill Holland series in South Australia. The Limestone Coast Cup Series takes a little bit of a break now before heading off to Mount Gambier in March uh, with then the last two legs at Panola and the Millicent Cup uh, to round things out, I think, is in May. The attention will now focus on the Bill Holland Series in the weeks to come because that's now going to uh, uh, reheat up, if you like. Heat 3 will be the Lock Cup coming up at the end of the month and uh, then it will fire into the Penong Cup, the Kimber Cup at uh, Port Lincoln and, of course, the uh, the time-honoured Streaky Bay Cup. Lots to talk about on Bushbeat today. The Marilla Cup at Miles on the weekend going to Menindi, continuing on his winning way. An exciting weekend for a trainer who's made a return to the training ranks in Queensland after a fair bit of time away. The name will be familiar and we'll, we'll talk with that trainer this morning and also a little bit of a look ahead to the March Magic Millions sale, helping us do all of that looking forwards and backwards is Rob Luck. G'day, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, Steve and listeners. And uh, a little bit different this morning on Bushbeat, Tony. The uh, Narracourt Cup coming on first as part of the keeper of the series role that you have there. And look at the breeding of Farouk. There's two horses in this race, both by Frankel, Farouk and Frankel Star. So amazing breeding coming through in that Narracourt Cup. And uh, that was the 11th win in start number 50. But boy, that was a big, big break in uh, winning sequence for Farouk, wasn't it, Tony? Yeah, not bad when you can manage to uh, rack up another win when it's been a long time between drinks. That's not saying that his form has been poor. He's had quite a few placings along the way. Like he went back to Cassidy and ran second to Bowl Bourbon in uh, last May's Cup, a game with Jacob on board. He's had a great association with Farouk over the years and he's run in races like the Lord Reams, that Group 3 during the Carnival. He ran in the uh, the Premier Stakes. He's been in the Woodford Cup at Warnable. He's gone around in the, uh, the list of John Letts uh, back in... October of 22, the Murray Bridge Cup. Sue Murray's had him here, there and, and everywhere. Sue Murphy, sorry, has had him here, there and everywhere. And great to see Farouk breaking through for some very, very patient owners once more. 
Yeah, and uh, he's only an eight-year-old, so that could be the best form uh, coming up, as we saw also with Dubai Moon and Frankie Stockdale continuing on his winning run. And great to see that uh, article, I think, by Jordan Gerrans about that and the credit that Frankie gave to the trip he made up to uh, country Queensland in 2022 with that galloper. It just shows that patience and perseverance can pay off in the development of racehorses. So uh, we watch with interest you by Moon as it goes around, I believe, at Mooney Valley on Friday night. But we got plenty of horses in country Queensland that are certainly going in great form. And I don't think there's any other than Menindi that Wayne Baker is having a real trot with his stable ever since the Chinchilla Cup day when he had a double and he bobbed up at miles for the Marilla Cup with Menindi and Amy Graham on board. Cowboys come down at the start. Now that appears uh, to be a harmless tumble if they can grab hold of him there. Uh, the girls uh, come down uh, there with Fab's Cowboy but appears to be okay and as a result rolling with the flow might have caught the backwash. He's ten lengths behind the second last horse. They're at the top of the track and a sensational start to the cup. Holiday Dreams and Fitzroy Boy in front. Now Nutso's running in third place and Legend of Zorro's is on a four wide run. They're followed by Massini running in fifth but only two and a half lengths off the lead. Then comes Little Town Blues. Around the outside then is Menindi. He's got Massini on his inside and a bit of a pocket there and rolling with the flow is catching them up. Fab's Cowboy losing the rider at the start. A line of four past the 400. Legend of Zorro with Nutso moved up to Fitzroy Boy. Dropping off Holiday Dreams then Menindi. He can't get a run on Massini. He's bowling behind them. Heads a turn for home. Fitzroy Boy there with Legend of Zorro coming through Nutso now Massini and on the outside Menindi with a great run Menindi and Massini they settle down to fight it out again Massini the inside Menindi Menindi's prevailed again he's beaten Massini and has ended the Cups run for Massini Menindi is the Cups champion he beats the Massini in a great finish Hasn't Menindi been a, a great uh, stable stalwart as you said Rob for Wayne Baker we saw him back in December uh, running at uh, Durban where he was uh, midfield or so behind Fire King in the Country Cups Challenge. Uh, he then had a little bit of a spell, went to uh, Bell uh, in the new year and won there in their centenary plate. He was uh, runner-up to Awanichi last start at Emerald and then a, a great ride there by Amy Graham taking out the Marilla Cup at Miles on the weekend. The voice you heard there was uh, Brett Moody who is with us once more on Bushbeat this week. G'day Brett. Yeah, good morning Tony, good morning Rob, good morning everyone. Yes, a lot to unpack from uh, the uh, Marilla Cup at Miles on uh, Saturday. I guess we start at the start with Fab's Cowboy, as you said in the call, and uh, yeah, Fab's Cowboy down on his nose. He, he might have just anticipated the start because I believe they've been in the gates there for a good while. Yeah, um, Massini's uh, developed this little uh, trick and he's getting harder and harder to get into the gates and uh, he was drawn alongside of him. Fab's was just standing there like, a, uh, like the gentleman that he is, but uh, yeah, he wants... Uh, they're all in, they must sense it, and he was ready to go, just anticipated and overreached and came down on his nose, and he, yeah, it went right, his back feet come off the ground, and uh, yeah, he had a, I think he might have had a little sore nose or something, but other than that, he was okay. There were a couple of uh, fortunate things in there that um, Colleen Crumman, who just picked up the ride with uh, Shay Nelson, unable to make the weight, um, she, had, she was taken off to hospital with... Uh, uh, just a concussion observation. We believe that uh, she's all A-OK, which is good news in itself. She bounced straight to her feet uh, thereafter, so we can be thankful that uh, she didn't be collected by another horse or 
Fabs roll on top of her, anything can happen. Then Fabs didn't uh, chase the field. Um, he got himself off balance and being sensible enough, he uh, didn't chase the field, which can often uh, end up uh, not too good result. He just actually went back behind the start. And this <laughs> is the, the other piece of luck uh, is that there was just a mini shoot there and gave time for the uh, attendants to grab hold. Otherwise, he would have been coming back towards the uh, the oncoming field. So that could have ended in disaster. So apart from the fact that uh, Fabs took no part and he's had a, what, a 15-hour round trip in the uh, in the truck for, for nothing, um, then we can be thankful for small mercies, I guess. Uh, uh, very disappointing, but I'm sure he will be... Uh, now that he's up and running and he's come through those OK, we'll see him uh, in the next week or so running. But this great battle between Menendi and Massini uh, continues. Of course, at Bell, uh, the Bell Cup, the margin was a nose uh, between them. Uh, Massini had to switch back to the inside, uh, but Menendi uh, and Amy Graham, I think, and Wayne Baker worked out the way to ride him, and it's not pretty at uh, circle from you know, 500 and get his momentum going. That's what he did at Bell, and he was you know, it was hard to take anything away from him because he was so wide, and that was the case again on Saturday. But I could see that uh, Paul Hamlin was trying to get off the fence there because he was going to take no chances on Massini. Just as he did that, uh, Amy Graham arrived on Menendi on the outside and forced his hand to go back in and uh, just got held up momentarily. I did think he had his uh, chance in the last 100 metres, but in the short straight there, momentum uh, was with Menindi, and that proved the difference. So, um, yeah, two, uh, two in a row now in the battle between Menindi and Massini to uh, the Wayne Baker train Menindi, but I'm sure those battles will continue between this uh, this pair. 14th win from 49 starts, so Menindi will chalk up a little milestone with his 50th start next, uh, next run, but that's a very good strike rate. And... Uh, Certainly Massini losing uh, losing nothing in defeat. Yeah, good morning to you, Brett. Yeah, 13 wins now with that horse with Wayne Baker, so a big effort there for the Baker stable. And I said at the top of the show how well this stable's been going ever since uh, Chinchilla Cup Day where they had a double. And it proved a race-to-race double, and both Dale Groves and Paul Hamlin uh, probably would have been sick of the sight of the horses because uh, Hallside Hot Stuff got up in a photo over El Ziano in the following race, but this time with Tamara Noble. Yeah, and uh, of course we backtracked to uh, uh, Dale going under in a photo. It was a nose finish in the Bell Cup that went against him. Well, this was half a nose in the last race. Allside hushed up. Elizano, uh, Paul Hamlin uh, just had one of those days. He, he usually owns the fence, but on this occasion it proved his detriment. You saw on the turn out of the straight, uh, the horse on the inside, I think it was Bonnie, just hung a shade and he went pounce to try and get through there and improve his position up on the fence. And uh, the run closed and he got spat out the back and then he had to circle on Elizano and the run just told in the last 50 metres and hallside hot stuff. He was having a picnic up front, was able to kick for Tamara Noble. But it's interesting, Wayne Baker, I do the uh, stats and uh, you'd uh, be a bit reluctant about uh, him uh, at miles. He has a lot of runners there and his last 50, he's only had one winner. Oh. And then he's taken out, uh, taken out the double, so persistent pays, and he comes away with the double, winning the last two, including the cup. But a good win by Hallside Hot Stuff. He's been very consistent as well. Uh, he was, uh, of course, runner-up at his uh, last start at Emerald on the quick backup, as uh, a lot of those horses and winners were uh, this week.
Talking about quick backups, uh, always nice to see uh, jockeys uh, put in the hard yards. Alicia Donald's doing plenty of that. Uh, one on Isle of Booty for Pat Webster at Miles in the Maiden Plate Saturday afternoon and then uh, turned tail, hot-footed it back to Clifford Park to Umber and, and racked up a winning double there at the night meeting. Yes, well, she was uh, a bit lucky in, in both respects in that uh, we're only about uh, 20 minutes behind by mid-program. Uh, so uh, she didn't uh, she wasn't too far delayed but of course if she had a ride in the later races she wouldn't have made it back to Toowoomba because uh, we uh, with one thing after another um, it seems to happen and then of course uh, with Colleen having to go off the hospital we uh, had another like a half an hour three quarters of an hour delay heading into the last race so by the time the last came around we we're about an hour down which is probably something for the country clubs to uh, bear in mind as we the days get shorter. Uh, mm. You need all, sometimes you need all that uh, daylight. Uh, so if you start that little half an hour early, it just does give you the breathing space and does take into account people with horses in the last races. Uh, we've seen time and again. Obviously, you can't do much with Mother Nature, but if you can start a bit earlier and the storm comes later, or there's an issue through the day and you've got that little bit of breathing space up your sleeve and those people in the last races actually get to run as well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so Alicia uh, did the double and uh, Paddy Webster, uh, this uh, filly, um, was his only runner for the day, a Ross Day filly, uh, of course, out of that mare, Jenny from the block. Uh, we remember her. I think she won two or three. You'll have to actually check that for those uh, uh, Mooney Valley 955 uh, races. Uh, she was a very fast mare and uh, Isla Booty just gave nothing else, else a chance coming up for that uh, runner to kill Coy on Australia Day. Yeah, the, the front runners seem to have a pretty good day out there and there's a jockey from, well, being based in the Central West at Bar Calden and Timmy Brummel and he loves being on the front runners and hometown victory with Malaya Hill and Layla's Wish, I believe, pretty good odds too, Brett, in the first. Yeah, very good odds, uh, Rob. Uh, the uh, track was uh, a little softer. They did a plenty of work on it to uh, to uh, harrow it and grade it and harrow it. Um, of course, you think back to Layla's Wish, his last win was... Uh, on that first day of the opening Charleville meeting where, uh, you know, it was generally regarded as a heavy 12 if it could have uh, got to a scale like that. <laughs> and uh, Layla's Wish revelled in it. And that was the case again back on the home track at the miles in the in the soft sand conditions. And, uh, and you know, the favourite Deep Millions had a beautiful run behind her and it looked like uh, early in the straight might pose a bit of a challenge, but she was actually getting away from... Uh, deep millions in the run to the line. So a good, strong win from uh, Layla's Wish. And well done to Malaya Hill. Uh, she's had, what, five winners now? Because this time last year, she trained her first winner uh, on a home track uh, with Dustin's. And I think she's added uh, three to that tally and now four with uh, the win of Layla's Wish uh, in that uh, opening event. And talking of Dustin's, the other race on the program, the Class B, uh, Malaya Hill, that ran second uh, with Brendan Newport on board. But there's a trainer, Naomi Hemming. She's been travelling really well with her horses over the border, northern New South Wales, etc. And a good win with uh, the Mickey Isle uh, gelding instant response. Yeah, it was backing up after running uh, fourth at Moorlambar on the Sunday and uh, ran quite well, beating less than two lengths by the stablemate Boule, uh, who we know is an open company horse. And uh, this horse was uh, back in a uh, Class B, and I uh, actually had a little tipple, I think I posted out. You don't often back a $21 winner at to Miles, but the price was just uh, too good to uh, 
to uh, re- refuse there. And uh, Zach Spree, well done to Zach. Uh, he's, of course, uh, had a few uh, different locations. He's back in Brizzy now, but he's uh, doing his service in the country, and I think that was his uh, second winner for the season on instant response, holding off Dustin's and then surviving the protest. There wasn't much between them at the finish, but it was about a half length, so enough uh, for stewards not to uh, reverse the result there. And I must uh, also just quickly, uh, uh, just in the stats side of it, all five jockeys were having their first um, meeting, first ride at miles. So, uh, yeah, five different jockeys, and they're all having their first meeting there and um, came away with wins. And it looked to be a great crowd there from what I could see of some of the uh, the three-way photos, uh, photo finishes, especially from the inside looking back into the crowd. looked like it was a massive crowd there for Marilla Cup Day. Yeah, the Kerwick family had done a great job, a, a new committee there, and uh, yeah, it's always uh, well-supported. They advertise it heavily, and they've got lots of extra activities uh, through the day and uh, very popular fashions of the field uh, section as well. And then, of course, they have those... Uh, I'm not sure what they call them, the the little horse, pantomime horse races where they get in the suits and everything. That created plenty of um, uh, attention and uh, good humour. And then, of course, uh, staying on through the night. So, uh, yeah, the annual meeting, uh, they do a great uh, job there. And congratulations to them uh, there at that Dogwood Crossing uh, at Miles uh, because they presented the course and the uh, amenities in in great condition. Where are you off to next? Is uh, Dolby Newmarket your next meeting? Dolby Newmarket, yes. A couple of weeks uh, off and we look forward to that. Wonderful. We'll catch up soon on Bushbeat. All the best, Lewis. Thank you, Brett. Brett Moody reporting in there from what happened at um, Miles with their Marilla Cup program on the weekend. The other non-tab card in Queensland on Saturday was at Nanango and we're going to focus on a trainer who had his first winner back for some years. As they go inside the 400, Cragley Larkey on the fence and Turf Flyer on its outside there, the two leaders. Last laugh, I think, is about to pull three wide in the favourite. It's going to be four or five deep there, Artie's Destiny. As they swing for home, Lively Lass is saving ground along the inside. Cragley Larkey just in front on its outside there is uh, Turf Flyer. It's Turf Flyer here in the lead. Lively Lass won't be denied along the inside. All close. Lively Lass and Turf Flyer down the outside. This is too close to call. Yes, as Ross Cater said in the call, too close to call. I thought it was almost a a three-way photo uh, dead heat there, but there was enough there for the judge to be able to uh, find for Turf Flyer, uh, defeating Lively Lass and Craig Lee Larkey, Nicky Olzard, coming down the outside on Turf Flyer for trainer Jamie Bayliss, who is a name, Rob, that uh, a lot of people would be familiar with or would look at and think if they're not that familiar with uh, perhaps racing of a few years ago, I wonder if he's related to those other lads that have been riding Group 1s down in Victoria. <laughs> uh, definitely. It's great to see comebacks in racing. And this is a huge comeback, Tony, with, I think, the uh, the first uh, win in 13 years. And not only that, uh, backed it up the next day, of course, at the uh, Sunshine Coast uh, with the horse there, Kikorian, as we uh, welcome Jamie Bayless uh, to Bushbeat this morning. And, of course, we know that. Name as uh, the dad of top jockey Jake Bayless and Regan Bayless, and as with all good families, helping their kids out, made the move some time ago, but we'll let Jamie tell that story. Good morning to you, Jamie, and welcome to Bushbeat, and congratulations. Uh, good morning. Thank you very much. It must have been an exciting thrill to get that win out of the way, but that's a huge comeback. Is it 13 years, I think I read, um, since you were 
training at the well, training at Ipswich, and of course you went to Victoria for the boys, and uh, you racked up the double a day to day double on the weekend to really kickstart the stable. Uh, yes, um, no, it was very exciting. Um, it was to get, uh, great to have a winner after 13 years back in Queensland. Yes. Just tell our listeners the history behind all that, uh, Jamie. As I was saying in the uh, the top of the show, there, uh, parents we tend to do things to help our kids out, but uh, it certainly paid uh, dividends in the case of uh, of your two boys. I did. Jake and uh, Regan were both um, very tiny, and uh, they all they wanted to do was be jockeys, and um, they used to race each other at home and um, on the ponies, and and. Uh, so I decided to um, go to Victoria and put him in the best place possible. I read somewhere that you had a handshake agreement with Mick Kent that one of your boys would be apprenticed to him, but it was done when um, Jake was something like about six or seven years old. You kind of had him pencilled in for that a long way out by the sound of it. Uh, I did. Jake was very little, and uh, I was working for Michael Kent in Singapore um, back in 2000, and, uh, yes, I, he he met Jake over there, and um, yeah, I decided. I said uh, to Michael if you could be apprenticed to him in Victoria, and uh, yeah, Michael um, he would even say himself he was waiting waiting for a long time, but he was uh, <laughs> yeah. When we decided to finally come, he he accepted. Um, he actually accepted the three of us to. Um, I was uh, assistant trainer to Michael, and uh, and. And Jake was apprentice, and Regan was only 13. But as soon as he turned 14, um, Michael um, um, made him a stable hand, and he was riding track work as well. And then so Regan went off to. School. And then Regan went off to another great mentor uh, and another great Queenslander in Peter Moody. Uh, yes, as soon as um, Regan turned 15, I'd organised with Peter um, to take Regan. So, and he was very happy to take Regan, take Regan on, and uh, yes. Um, so I couldn't put them in um, two better stables. So I was very happy. They've cert- certainly come of age as uh, jockeys, but as a result, the progress made there has enabled you to return to the Sunshine State and base now at the Sunshine Coast. Uh, you would have been pretty confident with this horse at Nanango, Turf Flyer, first run for the stable. This young apprentice, Nicky Olzard, has been riding well. I think that's win number four or five in the past three weeks. So... Uh, she must have followed instructions pretty well, uh, Jamie, and uh, a good clear win. But photo finish, of course. But uh, you were you were pretty sure you had it on the line. Uh, it was very close. I wasn't quite sure, but um, I was very happy when the number came up. Yes, <laughs> uh, Nikki's um, Nikki has been with me for four weeks from Rockhampton, and she's a, a she's going to be a very very good little rider. So um, I think everyone will hear hear her name when she starts uh, riding in the provincial for sure yeah they're producing the goods up there aren't they Talia Fenlon now riding well and getting city winners Nikki Olzard coming along behind them uh, then you backed up on Sunday Kikorian tell us about uh, that gallop how long have you had that particular horse well actually um, uh, Lynn Shand and I we, and, um, and our good friend Danny Rose uh, we bred the horse um, in Victoria actually, and, um, uh, yeah, so I broke him in, and um, we've had him a long time, and uh, I decided when I was moving back up here that we'd um, we'd bring him up here with us, with me, and um, it was great to have a win with him.
Well, that's got the double out of the way. How many horses in the stable at the moment? Um, I've only got the I've, I've only got the five uh, racing at the moment, and, um, and I've got a couple of pre trainers, and and then I've got I bought seven yearlings at the yearling sales, so I've, um, I'm breaking in them at the moment. So try and build the stable up. <laughs> We'll be talking about the March Cutis yearling sale very shortly. Is that another sale you head to and uh, have your eyes peeled for some cutest money? Uh, yes, definitely. I'll be definitely at the March sales again. To um, yeah, uh, in the past uh, um, I always um, I bought some really nice horses out of the March sales, so and they're great value. We're talking about the uh, the boys coming on with their uh, riding career. You're a pretty handy rider yourself back in the day, and this might bring back a few memories for you. Let's go back to uh, Ipswich back in 1989. They set up for the judge. Dixie Kid makes a quick dash on the outside, goes up and goes to the front. It's Dixie Kid kicking away from the Mr. T in a second place. Rajamart moving to third, and now Jondola's pulled to the outside, but he wants to duck in badly. Dixie Kid in front, 150 to go. Jondola coming at him on the outside. Dixie Kid and Jondola, they're going stride for stride. Dixie Kid just in front. Jondola lunging the last little bit. They hit it. Dixie Kid. Dixie Kid may have wanted a nose to Jondola. Four lengths away, third right. How long since you've heard that, Jamie? Dixie Kid winning the 1989 <laughs> Ipswich Cup. Uh, that was a long time ago. I was only 19 when I won that race. <laughs> um, I, um, yeah, I just I just beat Chris Muntz, who was one of my best friends. And, uh, yes. He was actually he, he was um, one of the first. My dad was the first one to congratulate me because he was the clerk of the course. Yes. And my sister led my led me back in because she was um, the clerk of the course as well. And um, yeah, and Chris Munts was um, one of the first to congratulate me out of the jockey. So uh, it was a very special day. Being Ipswich, even though I was based in Brisbane, Ipswich was always my home track because I was been going to Ipswich races since I was a little kid. Um, seeing Dad was the clerk of the course there. So. Quite amazing. To, Another one yeah, of those results where everything ties together and it was just meant to be by the sound of it, Jamie. Who was the best horse you did ride? Um, there was a... I rode a... I rode a very... I, well, I won the St. Ledger for John Sargent on a filly called Filament. She was, um, she was a very smart filly. And... But... Going to two-year-olds, I rode two very good two-year-olds. Um, one called Anungar Lad and the other one called um, Like a Rose that I won um, multiple races on them in the early, as two-year-olds. So, um, so that's it. <laughs> Some very handy ones in there. You're still riding your own work or do you uh, give, give that away these days and let the boys take over? I uh, know. Uh, Jake did a gallop for me this morning, but um, no, I, I still ride a few myself and um, and with Nikki. So yes, and I also got another um, another good track at rider in um, uh, Kiana. So yes. Well, they lovely to lovely to reminisce about that family connection uh, all the way back in 1989, but also with the family connection there for the proud dad having Jake aboard Kakori at the Sunshine Coast, and hopefully now that the uh, the gates have opened. They can turn into floodgates, and there's plenty more winners coming on for the stable. Uh, let's hope so. All more, uh, I got a, a group of nice young horses, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can continue with the run. That'll be great. And hopefully, uh, yes, Jake can ride plenty more winners for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Congratulations on, um, again on. 
Sorry, go on. Oh, and my my daughter was here as well, so she was um she watched the race with me. So it was um a very special day today with um with um Jake and my daughter and Elise with me. Oh, fantastic. So, Wonderful to have the, the family around and supporting like that. Great to congratulate you and have you on Bushbeat this week. Hopefully there's many more winners to come and we'll catch up soon. Thank you very much. Jamie Bayliss there, who had a, uh, a weekend double, his first winner back for 13 years at Nanango with Turf Flyer. And then, as often happens, Rob, once the uh, the winners come, uh, whether it's for jockeys or trainers, there's more on the way. But Kokorian was able to do the job the very next day at Caloundra. Yeah, good to see the placement that Jamie used too. Nanango on the country track, Kokorian on the provincial track. Um, trainers finding the right races, the right company to put their, their horses in and... Uh, uh, great to see that happening. Just before we go to our next guest, Tony, just very briefly, um, on behalf of the Bushbeat community, uh, a, a, a shout-out of condolences to uh, the family of Grant Wiles, who we lost last Monday, uh, Julia Creek-based trainer and race caller, of course, of the Northwest. Grant battled an mm. illness and died at age 66. Um, Magic Theatre, one of his uh, best best horses, but uh, he was well known around that area in the northwest. I think he called it just about every track you'd find in the northwest. Always had the binoculars there, and I can still remember he uh, he set a horse for the Longreach races uh, because it was uh, the day that Dan and Marie Pittman celebrated their wedding with their reception at the track, and they had a horse called Darcy running. I'm pretty sure it was in the last race of the day, and there was a bit of a plunge went on, as you would expect with a wedding present and he was a bit worried because Darcy was a bit of a naughty horse and didn't exactly behave at the barriers uh, but they got him in, he took the win and uh, another great story but uh, Valet to you, uh, to Grant Wiles, rest in peace uh, a legend of racing in the North West and uh, a good story also Jordan Gerrans has posted on Race RQ and talking about that area um, just a report in from Andrew Watts, the president of Longreach uh, great to see that Curic have placed a steward permanently out there in Sharon Coltard. She has a room in the new facilities at the Longreach Jockey Club and f- officiated at the uh, the jump outs that they had where they had 10 horses, 4 jockeys last Sunday. It's just really good that there's a basis occurring in the regional areas, particularly the western areas where a few, you know, the distance factor causes issues. And not only that, you've got young Beck Climey, who's the operations manager, uh, probably the best title to give you, Beck. Uh, for Curic in the northwest and central west operates the photo finish and the judging but she liaises with the clubs with rosters making sure the right people for the right jobs are occurring so a really positive initiative uh, that you don't often hear probably with Curic that people often like to make the negative comments but great to hear that Curic supporting western Queensland racing with that permanent placement of Sharon Coltard she'll enjoy Longreach immensely I'm sure and Beck Climey by the way uh, if you go back to Beck's mailman posts that she does podcast you'll hear um, a great story with Grant Wiles on that as well so very positive news out of the Central West there, Tony. But uh, we heard Jake Bayless talk about the cutest smart sale, which is coming up on the 11th and 12th of March. And we welcome back our regular correspondent, Tony McMahon. Thank you for waiting, Tony. But we know you love this sale as much as I do, and you've got all the good information, as well as I'm sure we're going to mention Lot 7 coming up on uh, day one. Good morning to you. Good morning to you, Rob, and uh, good morning, Tony. And uh, just before we go on to the Magic Millions, uh, I'll also endorse the words you said about Grant Wiles. People like him and uh, yourself and your area out there are the backbone of racing. Uh, the work they put in, the passion for their race calls, gives so much entertainment to so many people. So uh, 
rest in peace, Grant, and uh, also to his family, deeper sympathies. Yeah, Magic Millions, I, I can't wait, Rob. Um, it's getting very close, as you said. It's on the 11th and 12th of March. 390 yearlings being offered. Many, many first season sires. Some um, big uh, drafts from Raheem, Oakland, Lindhurst, all the, all the usual ones, the magnificent horses. But look, I want to concentrate on one little thing, Rob. Uh, the value of this sale, it is unbelievable. Mm. Now, four horses that have raced up in central Queensland that came from the Magic Million sale in, in recent years were Better Reflection, Paradise Imperial, Mansell Corday, and of course the King, Master Jamie. Now, these four horses cost in total $44,000. $20,000 Better Reflection, $9,000 Paradise Imperial, $5,000 Mansell Corday, $10,000 Master Jamie. Now, wait for this. They've won a staggering one million nine hundred and sixty-nine thousand dollars in stakes. So that is incredible. They won forty-three races between them. So the value of this sale is amazing. I've been talking at length with James Dawson, David Sheffer, the, the men from Magic Millions, and the yearling sales prices have come back a little bit. So you can get bargains without spending a lot of money. Just another little bit of endorsement that James gave me: the two thousand and twenty Magic Millions March sale. The Total aggregate of the sales is eight million dollars, but since then the horses are yielding from that 2020 sale have won 24 million dollars. <laughs> 300 percent. It's quite staggering. Uh, the Magic Millions people were up at uh, Rockhampton last uh, Friday for the races. Four Magic Millions horses won on that day. Three from the Magic Millions March sale. They went to Townsville the next day and had a winner up there also from the Magic Millions March sales. And I see the horse that won the big maiden out at Miles last day that came from the Magic Millions March sales. So, look, it is just incredible. The packages they give and the way these people, Magic Millions, look after and loyal to their uh, to their clients, to their vendors, their buyers, their employees, uh, is uh, old-fashioned service. It's out of this world. If you've bought a horse down there for Magic Millions in the last couple of years, they are prepared to pay your accommodation packages for a couple of days down there. As you know, Rob, they pick you up at the airport. They they treat you like kings and queens. And it's uh, any wonder they're such a successful and wonderful company to be associated with. Now, James Dawson is the person to get onto if you feel you've qualified for this uh, accommodation package. James's number is 0401-412-838. And... Uh, the bookings from Rockhampton are coming in. We had a great night out here last Friday night and Magic Millions did their promotion. And I think they're going to have a bumper sale this year. But I mean, if you just think of those four horses, cost 44000 in total and have won almost 2 million, 43 races. Can't speak more than that, Rob. Oh, you've summed it up perfectly, Tony. As we know, even going back to 2010 when I started and you were doing it longer, Q to 600. Uh, sale there and, and the whole cutest uh, connection with this uh, sale has been such a windfall. I think at Rocky, this uh, when your next race meeting's on, there's uh, at least three cutest races for two-year-olds and three-year-olds. Of course, cutest extends to all ages in the country and I think it's out to four-year-old now in the city as well or, and the provincial. But look, right, right back in the early days, the regional buyers understood the value of this cutest sale. And I'll throw another name out there, as you know, Tony, with Rocket to Glory, cost 20000 yeah. and won over 850000 The oh, value is always there. And, and what I find interesting now is that some of these horses that we had in the early days, as in the fillies, are now producing the next lots. Now, a classic example, I know you've got the background, lot seven, 
Love Conquers All, one of our established season sires uh, with multiple winners, 356 uh, runners, 243 winners out of Mamzelle Corday, one of your buys, a Rocky Cup winner. She won it twice, Tony, or once? No, she won it once, uh, Rob. She won the Centenary Rockhampton Cup in 2018. And, uh, yes, that was an incredible purchase. Uh, I was very fortunate. I um, remember ringing up James Dawson and said, look, I love first season stallions. There's one in there by Mark Assassin. Could you have a look at it, please? He got back to me and said, Tony, this just looks like sunlight. Now, the most incredible part was I only made one bid, $5,000. No one else made a bid for it. So, yeah, amazing. And she has got this uh, this lovely Colt Lot 7 in the sale, and it's a good pedigree. But there's so many good pedigrees for... uh, so many of these horses you're going through, but you know, it, it just brings back some wonderful memories to uh, myself and Jean to see that we got Mam Silk Day with our close friends and other owners, and now she has a, uh, a lovely colt in that sale. So, uh, yeah, we'll definitely be having a look at it. Whether the budget stretches, I don't know, but we'll certainly be trying. Whoever buys it, uh, going to have a bit of a bidding war against me, I can tell you that much. Well, you had Paradise Imperial with its first foal last year, so the cycle continues. And great to see Burwood start. They've been a long-time supporter. Not big drafts or anything, but always supporting uh, the cutest sale. And, of course, now with the, the success of Spirit of Boom and uh, Better Than Ready, those drafts are, are huge in numbers. Um, but these new stallions coming through, uh, such as Encryption and Exceedance, that have had runners already. And, of course, the first we all look for the first season um, size and see uh, how they're likely to go. Uh, I mean, you'll get horses like Alabama Express has only got one runner listed, but he started his um, career in sensational fashion. Uh, but size like North Pacific... Uh, coming through as well with a, a decent sized book. It's really grown in stature, uh, this particular sale. As you said, the packages are available. James Dawson has always been the men's help to me, and I know they started a new thing, uh, I think it was uh, last year, maybe the January sale, where they had the vendors put out their projected likely selling price that they might get so all you got to do is join up with magic millions in an email to get that information and james is also doing some trips and tours around the studs down on the darling downs and the gold coast area now that's one benefit of being down here now tony i don't have to get off the plane and get the lift i can also <laughs> exactly go on these problem. tours and find a bit more info it's, it's just so well organized oh it's brilliant what they do i mean they look at these horses as winglings and then they reassess them again as yearlings and uh, the knowledge that uh, James and all the consultants down there have is incredible and uh, they're the people to deal with and uh, yeah, you were saying first season sires uh, there's one I like, uh, Prince Farwaz, F-A-W-A-Z mm-hmm. uh, I think he's going to be a very good sire myself, that's just my opinion but there's so many of them, so uh, it's stacked with first season sires this year, so there's so much to look for and, and I'm delighted to be associated with Magic Millions, I've been with them for I think, 25 years now if not a remember going back, we bought Cindy Kate down there. She ran into Magic Millions, and uh, they're wonderful people, great people, very loyal. So, uh, yeah, fabulous people to deal with. James Dawson's number again, folks, 0401 412 838. 0401 412 838. Give James a call. He'll be able to give you all of the info. Thank you for that update this morning, Tony. We'll catch up soon. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Rob. Bye-bye.
looking at the calendar for the week ahead, Rob, uh, we were talking with uh, Tim Edwards on the show a couple of weeks ago. It is Kangaroo Island Cup Carnival time. They race on Thursday and Saturday this week. Uh, no Mackay meeting today. That news came out on Thursday that the track would be uh, unsuitable for racing today following the recent renovation and a very proactive move, I think, by RQ to make that call early to say that, yes, the track wasn't going to be up to scratch. Well, it probably would have been. As I'm, I'm probably paraphrasing here, but it was a case of uh, if they had have raced today following the recent renovation, it would have then perhaps caused significant damage to the racing surface. And they've got some important meetings coming up longer term. And they did look at an alternate venue for that meeting, but wasn't entirely possible. So they have actually scheduled additional races for uh, Rockhampton on Friday. They've got uh, a Class B plate and a three-year-old maiden going in there. And then Townsville coming up next Tuesday. There's a benchmark 58 being added in there. But Rockhampton do race on Friday, as we mentioned. Toowoomba Saturday. And those uh, cutest dual qualifiers uh, take us to Cairns on Monday and Townsville next Tuesday. Yeah, the cutest jewel is uh, the next thing to kick in, and uh, that's a great race meeting that I mentioned, I think, last week on uh, Bushbeat 1. If you can get down to the sales, make sure you attend that particular race meeting. But, uh, Tony, we'll look forward to all those um, race meetings coming up and, of course, the, uh, the country results coming through. But I think I said it last week. I'll say it again. There's no better time of the year when you approach the uh, cutest March sale. Yes, there is. There's when, when they start racing as two-year-olds that come out of that sale, Tony. <laughs> That's the other exciting time, along with all the different country cups and uh, series of races that we have going. And we'll be back next week on Bushbeat to, uh, to cover all that with yourself. Good morning to you, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Good on you, Robin. I didn't mention there that the non-tab meeting's coming up on Saturday. It's Bendemere Cup Day for the Roma Turf Club and Home Hill are also scheduled to race this weekend. So we'll be looking at those when we rejoin you next week on Bushbeat. Thank you to our guests this morning in Brett Moody, Jamie Bayless, Tony McMahon and Rob Luck. We'll catch you next Tuesday once more on Radio Tab for Bushbeat.